Welcome. Good to have you here. Uh, thanks for joining us online and just want to encourage you. I hope you're doing well. I hope this week went well for you and I hope that you're uh, hanging in there. Uh, it is a challenge, uh, but I hope that you'll be encouraged. You know, this uh, COVID-19 uh, challenge brings out the best and the worst in people. But let me tell you about the best. Um, in New York City, they had a shortage of uh, professional health care workers and they had a in 24 hour period, they had a thousand people, retired healthcare workers say, sign me up and they volunteered to help in New York City. So that, that's just an example of, of some good things that are happening and people that are stepping up and doing good things. And uh, we should be, be praying for specifically our healthcare workers and those who are in uh, dangerous positions. But I wanna take a moment and I want to laugh and I want to just kind of have a moment where we just kind of go, you know, and just kind of relax a little bit. So a number of years ago, I came across this video and this series we're doing right now is called Life Interrupted. And that's kind of what's happening. We're, we're being interrupted and we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And we're not sure about a lot of things. And interruptions are a part of life. So we're going to talk. I want to show you a video that I came across that I think is hilarious and uh, just watch it and uh, enjoy. Scandals happen all the time. The question is how do democracies respond to those scandals? Uh, and what will it mean for, uh, for the wider region? I think one of your children's just walked in. I mean, shift the, shifting, <laughs> shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. <laughs> the, um, pardon me. Here's mom. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> the region. My apologies. North, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, North Korea, North, uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea. So I love a lot of things about that video. First, I love the little girl coming in, you know, she's just happy-go-lucky. And then there's a, like a little bit of a cringe moment where the dad kind of like, yeah, I'm doing something important here. And then you have the moment where the, 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 the baby comes in on those, one of those little walk-around wheels. And I don't remember, I mean, I don't think they make those anymore. I remember my son Kyle went down a whole bunch of stairs at uh, one of the churches I was at uh, when he was a little baby. And uh, I don't think they make them anymore because they're super dangerous. But then the best part in my mind is the, is the mom coming in as she slides into the room because she realizes she turned her back for a moment and the kids had gotten away and they're in the office. And then the last part is the best part where she she kind of sneaks in to shut the door, not knowing that she's on video. It, it's, it's just a fun video, but it talks about how we get interrupted. And we want to talk about an interruption this weekend in the Old Testament where a woman who is having a really hard time, she and her son, it, are, she's interrupted by a, a man of God, a prophet. And uh, I'd love you to follow along with me. It's in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 Kings 17, and we're going to start reading in verse 8. And the context is that uh, the prophet Elijah is going to battle against King Ahaz and his, his wicked wife Jezebel. And uh, so there's this whole duel thing going on. And, and Ahaz wants to kill Elijah and Jezebel wants to kill all the prophets. And they're just getting ready to have this big standoff on the mountain between the prophets of God and the prophets of Baal. But in the midst of that, there's this this incredible drought going on. 
Uh, so Elijah doesn't have anything to eat or anything to drink, and he finds this widow, and that's where we're going to pick up the story. So if you want to, I would love you to turn uh, to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8. Let me, uh, let me uh, read it to you. Then the word of the Lord came to him. That's Elijah, of course. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me a piece of bread, please. So the widow, uh, the widow replies, she says this, As surely as the Lord replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. That's pretty dire, right? This is a really difficult situation. Now notice what Elijah says. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make me a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make yourself something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jar of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. What an amazing uh, passage of scripture. So we want to just kind of pull that apart and, and think about that for a minute. Look at the dire situation of this woman. She is, she's at, in a really bad place. Uh, she's been in a bad place, but she's in a really bad place. No food, no crops, because there's been no rain. And some scholars believe that the drought lasted for three to three and a half years. Elijah, uh, the prophet of God, interrupts her life with a request. And he just, he says, do you have something for me to drink? And can you make me uh, a loaf? Uh, give me a piece of bread. And she says, well, I don't even have that. And the, what I have was going to be our last meal. But here's the thing. He tells her, go make me this and, you know, we'll take care of you. You know, God will take care of you. She demonstrates faith in the midst of her own dire circumstances. In the midst of her own crisis, she shows faith. Now, if you read on the story, in, in the story, this is going to be one of the challenges in her life and in Elijah's life. There's going to be another one, and you can read about that later. But I want to just draw three, three applications uh, from this story, and uh, hopefully one of them will resonate with your heart and your mind. The first one is this. No matter what our circumstances, we can still choose to follow God. You know, we don't know how long this COVID-19 challenge is going to last, nor how bad it's going to become. You know, we all want to say, well, it's going to be all right. But what if it's not all right? You know, Jesus never promised us it'll be all right. He never said that. I, I can't find it in the Bible. What he did say is this. In this world, you will have tribulation. 
but I have overcome the world. That's very different than saying it'll be all right. God hasn't promised a smooth road. What he has promised that when we go through those valleys, he promises to meet us in the valleys. And that's the promise that we need to take. God hasn't promised us an uninterrupted life. He has promised that those interrupted interruption can serve as a way for us to grow in our faith. Um, now, God has a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. No one that is listening to me right now is an accident or is unvaluable or any of that. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Uh, and we need to see that not this, this COVID-19 thing isn't something that's just happening to us, but something that God is using for us. Um, God has always had a plan for us. And I, I love the passage from uh, Paul in Ephesians. And this is what he says. This is verse 10. What an amazing passage he says. He says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, notice, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This did not catch God by surprise. God is, is going to work his plan out through this in us. And so that's one of the things we need to see is, that, uh, that we, can, uh, we can really use this as an opportunity. Here's the second point I want you to see. That no matter what circumstances, no matter what our circumstances, we can still choose to walk by faith. Now, the woman demonstrates faith. And as you read on, you know, her faith isn't great. And she, hasn't a, she doesn't have a fully developed faith yet. But she's trying. She's taking those steps. Uh, she acted on God, the, the promise of God's prophet, and she, she obeyed what she knew, and she took steps on what she knew. And that's all we can do in the end. But when we choose to walk by faith, we open a door to see the provision of God. Let me say that one more time. When we walk by faith, we open a door to see the provision, the miraculous provision of God. And it may be that one of the reasons we're not seeing those provisions of God is because we're not willing to walk by faith. This woman saw a miracle, but she saw a miracle because she trusted the prophet. She trusted the word from God. And she took that step of faith and she saw a miracle. She experienced a miracle. And I believe we're living in a moment where God wants to reveal his powerful provision in our lives and in our family, in our community, if we'll, just, if we'll just look for him. The woman's faith is small. She's going to stumble. <laughs> You're going to see that. If you read the story, she's going to stumble. She's going to be really angry with the prophet, and maybe for justifiable reasons. But too often, I think, we don't exercise faith because we're afraid to fail. We're afraid that, uh, that we might fall. We're afraid, we're afraid because it might look, make us look stupid. And I just want to say that when we walk by faith, we are going to stumble. But unless we take steps of faith, we will never walk by faith. Unless we take steps of faith, we will never walk by faith. And I think that's really important for us to hear. Have you ever watched babies learn to walk? I mean, the little baby in the video, she obviously couldn't walk. And, uh, but she was in that little thing with the wheels, so she could get around. She could motor around the house, apparently, 
beyond her mom's reach. But when you watch them walk, they'll take one or two steps and then they'll fall down, right? One or two steps, maybe hold on to something, whoa, and then they're down, right? I want to show you a great promise that God has for you and for me. Um, when you take steps of faith, I want to show you this. So, so look at this verse here. I love this verse. Psalm 37, it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I love that verse. Because it says we are going to stumble, but the Lord isn't going to let us fall. That when we take those steps of faith, we will stumble, but we won't fall. Now, here's the thing. I, this, when, I, when I kind of was reading this verse, and I read it uh, you know, over the years, but when I just kind of was thinking through this verse, I was thinking of our, uh, one of our grandkids, Malcolm. So I remember that recently, my oldest boy, Kyle, it's Malcolm is his second son, and Malcolm is just hasn't really felt like walking. And he's, now he's doing it. But I remember that uh, Kyle was holding one of his hands and I was holding one of his hands and, and Malcolm was walking outside. And then every now and then he'd catch his toe or something and he would like go like that. But he was holding on to our hands. So he never fell. And it was like, it, it, you know, it didn't even, sometimes, you know, he could just, you could, you could just hold him and carry him because he was stumbling so much. And I think that's a great picture because we always say, well, if I fall, I'm going to, if I take those steps of faith, I'm going to stumble and I'm going to trip and you will trip and you will stumble, but you will never fall because God has you in his hands. I love that picture. We may stumble, but we will not fall because God has us in his hands. And notice too, going back to the story of the woman, he, he provided for the woman every day until the drought was over. Her flour was never used up, and the oil never ran dry. God uh, never left her hungry or hanging. And God will never leave you hungry or hanging. God loves you. Uh, so one of the, the most important verses, I think, um, is, and I want to read it to you. I'm not going to have it up, but you might want to write this reference down for later. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And if you haven't read this verse yet in the last couple weeks, you need to read it, and maybe every day. Let me read it to you. Just listen to it. Maybe just close your eyes and listen to it and hear what he's saying. This is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, and he has a really powerful thing to say. Notice what he says. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or your body, what you shall wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And of course the answer is yes, you are. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the fields field grows. They do not labor nor spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? 
you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So I just want you to see that um, this is a, an incredible promise by Jesus. You know what Jesus is saying here? He's saying something that's really quite remarkable. He's essentially saying to us that I don't leave the birds hanging and I won't leave you hanging either. Now, I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me. It's encouraging to know that. For me, everything, here, here's just kind of what I'm going through. And I kind of shared this Wednesday night when we were in chat. I feel like I'm free falling. I feel like everything seems to be on pause. And I wonder, and this is kind of what I'm feeling, and I think maybe you are too. When do we get to hit the play button? When do we get to hit the play button? When, when is it, are we going to be coming out of this? When is it going to be over? That's really what we want to know. But, we, but we're on pause. It feels like we're on pause now. Our lives are on pause. Now, here's the point. I want you to see this. You, God's plan for your life is not on pause. No, notice what Paul says in Philippians. He says this in Philippians 1. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with, be, with, with joy, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. <clears throat> would you come and would you agree to, with me that what Paul is saying is that God has begun something and he's going to carry it out until the end and he doesn't hit the pause in the midst of that? In fact, I would suggest that this COVID-19 challenge is part of God's plan to grow your faith and maybe in an exponential way. It may be that your faith is going to grow faster during this period of time. It's possible. All right, well, let me, let me share with you the last point that we want to look at this weekend. And it's this. No matter what our circumstances, we can still choose to serve others. No matter what our circumstances, we can still choose to serve others. So going back to the woman, she was willing to serve the, the prophet, even though it required a great sacrifice on her part. And generally, serving others is going to cost us something. Uh, the greatest example we have of a servant is Jesus Christ. And the greatest gift that he could ever give was he gave his life. And so there's no greater servant and there's no greater sacrifice than Jesus. And he says, I'm not just going to tell you what to do. I'm going to show you what to do. I'm going to do it for you. And then you can do it for others. And that's kind of what I want to look at. Uh, you know, uh, this verse, uh, this next verse is like, it's one of the key passages for Christians. And let me read it to you. Uh, it's uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. 
The second is like it, because he was asked, what are the two greatest commands? Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. So essentially what Jesus is doing here is he's telling us that these are the two greatest commands. Now, here's the thing. He hasn't put, it, put these commands on a pause. He hasn't said, okay, for the time being, we're going to hold off on these two, but you know, we'll get back to them down the road. When things go better, then we'll get back to them. He doesn't say that. God hasn't put his two great commands on pause. On pause. I wouldn't suggest that looking to God and looking out for others during this time is how God is going to make our faith grow. It's not something that we do because we should. It's how, it's the process of how God grows our faith. When we love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and our soul, and we love our neighbor as ourselves, we are demonstrating, we are exercising our faith. What did the woman do? The woman sacrificed for someone else. She looked to someone else. Now, it seems like as we look at this woman, we leave her in a better place than we found her. She's fed. She's had enough to survive a drought. She's been found faithful. Uh, things seem like they're on an upbeat for her. But if you just read a little bit further, if you just go down to verse 17 of 1 Kings 17, you're going to see that she is going to have a much more serious challenge, one that is gr much greater than the challenge she had with even running out of food and water. And you're, we, if you'd like to, you can read about that. But here's what I want to show you. Many times when we take those steps of faith, uh, God teaches us something. But he teaches us something for the next challenge. And generally, the challenges get a little bit more difficult. And so what I want to suggest to you is this is a great opportunity for you to go into training, faith training, and to grow in your faith. And this story just illustrates that things don't always work out the way we want this side of heaven. We're always going to be faced with challenges to our faith. In the next few weeks, in the next few months, we're going to be writing new pages in our book of life. Let's write them by faith in God and service to others. And I just want to pray that God would be glorified as our faith grows more and more. I pray that he's going to be glorified as God uses us to bring more men, women, and young people into his kingdom and praising our Father in heaven. That's my goal. Let me tell you where we're going to go next weekend. Next weekend, we're going to look at three men who had their life interrupted by life, <laughs> by something on the side of the road. And you know the story, but here's the hint. Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, look through that. And you'll see where we're going next weekend. But let me just say one last thing. The reason most of you are tuning in, the reason most of you are watching right now is because you're part of the family of Christ. And you may or may not be connected to Hope Church. Most of you are. And I want to thank you, the many of you who have been financially supporting our, our community, our family during this challenging time. You've been doing it by giving regularly, and I just want to say thank you. Some of you have been mailing in your offering, and we've received those. Those have been very helpful. 
Many of you are giving consistently online. You set a, a goal to give and you just haven't changed. You said, well, this isn't going to change how I'm going to give. That's kind of how Carol and I are going. We just say, well, this is going to change us. Uh, we're still going to do that. But you said the same thing. Some of you have even increased your giving online to help us during this time. I just want to say for all of you who are giving, thank you so much. It means a lot. It's really super important. And, and I just can't tell you how important it is. Your family needs your help during this time. And, and if you haven't been giving, please, would you consider giving online? Uh, we're not going to make it if everyone doesn't do their part. So I want to challenge you to do that. So I want to say just one last thing. For those of you who are out of work, because I know I've talked to a few of you, uh, let us know so we can, can pray for you and come alongside of you. If there's anything we can do, if you, you really get to a place where you need some help, would you please just let me know? And uh, we're in this together because we're a family. And uh, I hope to see you next uh, weekend and uh, join me Wednesday for chat with Matt. And uh, I'd love to just chat with you. But uh, for right now, I just want to close our time in prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the encouragement of your word today. Help us to uh, learn something. Help us to take those steps of faith. And Father, when we have those interruptions in our lives, and this one right now that we're in the middle of, help us not to see it as an annoyance or something to get past and get through, but as an opportunity for, to, for us to grow in our faith and our love for you and for others. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.